All right, so we've got a really exciting podcast today with Bob Berg. He's one of the authors of the book, The Go-Giver, and it's just a perfect parable for you to read today in this time when we're all going through a situation that's really given us external factors that we don't have any control over, really, minus just keeping ourselves separate and keeping ourselves isolated. So I, I can't think back to a time when we're all facing a situation together, but having to do separately. And noting that, you know, 1918 was our last pandemic, there's not many people around that can really reflect on, on what this actually means. So listen in today, take notes. Bob is really just a, a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of goodness and a wealth of really just how to create greatness around you by giving and by be open to receive. And of course, if there's someone out there who's just going through a tough time, share this podcast with them. Share this with others. Let them know. If you enjoy what you got here today, share it with someone who can really benefit from this. And go over to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating review. And if you're listening to this, go over. You can check us out on YouTube. We've got a lot of fun stuff going there as well. All right. Here we go. Well, hello, Bob. Thank you for being on the show with us today. Super excited to have you. How are you? Oh, thank you, Jason. It's great to be with you. So as I mentioned off point, I actually was given your book as a present and it, it was a present, a gift. It was, it was all in one because uh, it was actually my, my wife's brother uh, for a Christmas gift handed me this book, The Go-Giver, and I, I read it and I found that I just got done. <laughs> it was one of those books you go right through, you know, and, you. and where the story just keeps building upon itself and where did that story come from? Where did it begin to resonate with you and, and what led you down the path of, of finding the words to put it to paper? I think it was a combination of things. Uh, I had, I was very fortunate to have two great parents who, who lived this and, and who, you know, I, who I would describe as go givers and, and my co-author, John David Mann, from what he says about his parents, very much the same thing. Um, I've always been entrepreneurial in, in nature and, you know, have noticed and, and noticed as I was, as I was starting out that people who were sustainably successful were typically focused on bringing immense value to others. Hmm. Uh, John, I know in his career, cause he was certainly an entrepreneur and had, did a, a few different things. Uh, he noticed the same thing. So it's, it's really a matter of in, in going through and really studying success, successful people, applying the information, making plenty of mistakes and having lots of failures and having some successes and doing the things that, you know, that we all learn, I think, as we go along, you start to see there are certain principles that, that work consistently that you can tap into. And, uh, uh, you know, I had a book out years ago called Endless Referrals and the subtitle was Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales, which was really a, a how-to book on how people who uh, were salespeople or entrepreneurs could go out and create the kinds of relationships that would result in their receiving direct business and referral business. And the, the basic premise was that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And that came out in the early 90s. But I'd, I'd always loved uh, reading parables because they're short, you know, usually short stories. And as you know, stories connect on kind of a heart to heart level and sure. and you can enjoy them and uh, apply the information. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take that, that premise and, and kind of turn it into a, a, a parable. And I thought on that for many years. Uh, 
fortunately in the early, I guess, 2000s or so, I was writing a, a monthly article for a magazine and John David Mann happened to be the, uh, the editor in chief. Mm -hmm. And he always did such a great job. And within his, at that time, small circle of people who knew how brilliant he was as a storyteller, uh, you know, nowadays everyone does. And he's, he's the author of choice, the co-author of choice for all these agents and publishing companies when they have someone who has a story to tell, but, you know, they, uh, or they're a celebrity, but they can't write their own book. John's the one that gets the call. But back then, few people knew how brilliant this guy was. Fortunately, I was one of those who knew. So, uh, with the idea for The Go-Giver, I asked John if he would be the lead writer and storyteller. Uh, fortunately, he said yes to doing that. So uh, that's really how the, the book came about. And, you know, really, I thought with the, the no like, and trust aspect, I asked myself the question, what's the defining quality of a person who's able to build those kinds of relationships both quickly and sustainably? Because both are important. Um, and, and the answer was, well, they're always giving, uh, giving value to others, looking for ways to bring immense value to others. So coming up with the title, the go-giver was very natural. Um, and then it was a matter of you putting the story together and that's what John and I worked on together. But, but he was really the guy who made it sing, you know, that's, he, I'm a how-to author. I'm step one, step two, step three. John's a, a brilliant writer. Wow. Well, it was incredible and it resonated with me and, of course, my wife. And we just continue to really see that message. And let's put this to a timely factor. So we're, we're dealing with coronavirus. People, it's this odd time where everybody's going through something together, but we're all separated. And mm -hmm. so from that point of giving, what could be a thought process, putting the giving philosophy or mentality or steps or principles into place, what could be a thought process that someone who's sitting at home today and, and maybe is just reflecting on, oh, what was me? And here's this, well, giving back could create the, the right energy to really push me forward. How, what would be some steps or some processes they can put to give back, even though we're in this semi-state of isolation? Uh, you know, Jason, I don't know if I'd use the term give back is because you're not really, you know, you, to give back, you had to take something sure. Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of don't really, you know, I, I, I think that word has come into the common vernacular, if you will, uh, of, and, and it's another word for, I think, charity and doing nice things. But I've always said, you know, when people say give it back, it's almost like, well, I, you know, made my money by stealing or on the backs or doing bad things of others. Now I'm going to give back to society, you know, and <laughs> I, you know, I'm not sure that's a healthy way of looking at it, really. Oh, okay. You know, I mean... The, the way if, that you should make a lot of money is by providing immense value to a marketplace who willingly pays you for that. And if so, there was an exchange of value where both people come away better off after the exchanges than beforehand. So with that premise in mind, um, I think that if you have a lot of money, let's say, and you're giving a lot to charity and, and, and doing great things, and uh, I think it's just given. I mean, I think it's just giving because it's congruent with your values. I, I don't think of it as giving back um, so much. Um, now, uh, if someone did something for you first and then you give, well, then you're giving back. So it's, it's, I think it's two different things. But, as far, but I think the question really is, how can we focus on bringing value to others right now? Absolutely. Um, and I, I mean, I, and I think it's a great question. Because right now, that is the mode that we see so many people. And one thing I've been very impressed by, to say I've been less impressed by the people who try to, 
utilize this to their advantage. I see the, the you know, the media causing, I think, a, a panic that mm -hmm. is even more dangerous than the virus, which itself I think is very dangerous. Okay, and I, I don't like that people have done that, but we've seen a lot of good people out there who are doing good things for others right now. Uh, whether it's that person, uh, whether it's the healthcare workers, of course, who are risking their own health, to, but it's also the people who are checking in on their neighbors and especially their elderly neighbors who are very scared right now, obviously, because they're high risk and making sure maybe that that person, you know, if they're lonely, that they have someone to talk to or that if they need some shopping done or if they need a meal cooked or delivered to them, that they're doing those kinds of things. It's the, you know, it's the, it's the person who, uh, knowing that a lot of people have, have their kids home from school now, okay, it's maybe saying, hey, you know, I'm uh, an authority on a certain topic. I can do a uh, class by video if you want to put a, a bunch of kids together with their parents and, and do a whole class and discuss, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I think there's so many ways yeah. that we can do things, that we can find ways to bring value to others. Um, you know, it might be checking in on the people. And I know you have a lot of students that you, uh, that you and Peely, you know, teach how to do that. And you have a lot of, it's, it's making sure they know you're there for them, which I know is what you do, because that's who you are. And so I, I think that's really what it is. It's reaching out to people and asking yourself proactively, how can I make these people feel, how can I make other people who need to feel more secure right now, how can I make them feel secure, help them feel secure? How, what can I do to, to bring value in, in that regard? Yeah, I love that. Just even the touch, just to say hello, to, to let someone exactly. thinking yep. of them in a time when everybody's just in a state of just unknown, right? And it, that alone can really help someone where everybody just feels the crunch separately and together feels that oh, I love what you said. I think you said it so perfectly earlier when you said we're in something right now together mm -hmm. all alone because we're supposed to be distancing. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of a relatable part, but it, it's I, I couldn't, right? Because I was just thinking of this this time when... We're, we're, we're really, usually it's a, you know, maybe one section of the country or of the world or a group is dealing with something we were all looking at from the outside, but everybody's looking at this and, and still in this state of, you know, there's no one really with an answer. And I think one of the, the cleanest parts here is that just keep the positive energy. And to say that, you have any advice for someone who they're just, maybe they've lost their job or maybe they've been silent or maybe they're now they're, they're stressing just to, how many get to the next rent, next paycheck, groceries, any advice to, to keep the energy flowing in the right direction? You know, I don't think there's any one answer necessarily, because let's face it, you know, it's, it's easy to, to sit here and pretend like everything's great. And, you know, we know it, it, the situation stinks. It's not a good situation. By its very nature, it's not supposed to be, right? Now, we, will we come out of this? Absolutely. And, and most likely stronger than ever. OK, mm -hmm. but right now it's a lousy situation. And and it, I always have said that in the personal development um, field, there's a certain political correctness that's always annoyed me. And that is everything's supposed to be great. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the sure. First thing in the world's happened. Oh, it's great. I'm finding the pot. You know what? We can always find the positive afterwards. And there usually was. Yeah. But at the time, it's not. And so sometimes it's just understanding where you are. It's being conscious of this is the situation. Now, that said, I also don't think, you know, I was very, I was kind of disappointed in an article I read the other day 
by a, uh, a political pundit who I, you know, I agree with sometimes, other times I don't, and I try to read all sides of different issues. But mm -hmm. what this person said was that, you know, in the headline it was, well, maybe now we should be panicking. And, and what she was saying was because people have downplayed the virus, so now we should be panicking because the premise is maybe that will get us to take it seriously. Well, no, there's still no good time to panic. Panic by in and of itself is a negative. It's an, it means there's an attachment, an emotional attachment, and that emotion is driving your decision making. Nothing, there's nothing that we should panic about. Now, had she said, maybe it's time we take this more seriously. Maybe it's time we consider what the right and wrong ways to handle it. Are. Okay, that's a different thing, because of course we should. But to say panic be, as though that's a good thing. No, I, I don't agree with that ad ad advice. Doesn't mean I'm right, but that's how I feel, you know, about, about that sort of alarmism. Um, but, I, but as you know, as you're saying, I, I mean, I, I think it's that we do logically look at this. We know it's not a good situation, but we're going to do the best we can. We're going to take the time that if we, if we're not able to go out, we're going to use this time to maybe read more books or watch a bunch of TED talks or, you know, spend more time with the family and, and do the things we can and, and, and do those things where we can make the best out of it. I would, I would caution people about just, you know, letting yourself go into a, a depression. Now, yeah. some of the depression is not something we can help. It's a chemical, but I'm talking about sometimes we have the choice as to how we're going to look at something. And, and so my feeling is to the degree that you can keep yourself looking forward, again, while acknowledging the situation as it is, I think that's really the, the, the best we, we all can do. And again, to the degree that you can sort of go a little bit outer focus instead of inner focus and mm -hmm. say, what can I do right now to make a contribution to someone? Who can, can, can I, as you were saying, who can I call who might need to hear from me? Yeah. Who can, those are the things I, th I think we can do. And you know what I love about that is it's, it's point on that right now is a time when you just have to be honest, it's not great. But if you can find the good in this, right? Maybe you have wished for years to find a way to be home with your family. Well, now you have it. Maybe you've spent this time wondering about, you know, starting a, a, another business. Mm -hmm. There you go. You know, so what can you find? Maybe now you get to get back to, you know, being active, running or walking or, you know, whatever, whatever it is to keep you in motion. Well, well, maybe you have the time you can implement in that. And when you put that focus and put the spotlight on, well, there is good here. There, there's, there's good in uncertain times. And there's good everywhere. And your point is we will get through this. I, I, I remember going through a rough patch years ago and someone said just these words to me, this too shall pass because we, we all think it's the, the end of the world. Sure. It's we're not. Human. It's very, it, it's, it's a difficult you know, time. Yeah. yeah we're, we're, we're struggling through a process here where, where it's a learning curve and we're going to learn a lesson and that lesson is going to carry us forward. And the, the point about panic is there's nothing that will come good of you sitting yeah. there panicking because exactly. the ultimate results will be absolutely different from what it is. And all you'll find is that you spent time worrying yourself. You know, some people probably, you know, past a, past a crazy point without really having any resolve, just really spending time and worthless energy. And with what you do with the go-giver and what you've said, you know, you've said another thing here is that a quote you have is your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. 
And right now, the, the point about doing these classes, right? So whatever your profession is, like you said, this, this school teacher, um, you know, my wife, uh, her uh, mother, my wife's Hawaiian, Peely, and uh, her mother um, speaks Hawaiian. So we're actually doing uh, Hawaiian classes uh, with the kids. Ah through Zoom, just like we're doing here. But you, you start that and you start these little points where you can add into days or we even had our karate class for the kids. Uh, the teacher got on Zoom yesterday and they did their little karate class and they just keep them in a rotation there. We just keep the energy going because, you know, it, how would be, would you have a suggestion just really getting the word out there and, and this is your model, but even talking to kids, right? How, how are you now creating this, this language where the kids can understand this, this, this state they're going in? and how it's going to potentially alter their next month, few months, you know, six yeah. months. Yeah, and I, and I love that because, you know, it's all in the frame that we set. And you know, I often tell the story, uh, and, and a frame is so important because a, a frame is the foundation from which everything else transpires or takes place. Sure. And I often use the example of my favorite frame story being when I was in a, uh, a Dunkin' Donuts, this is several years ago, I was in a Dunkin' Donuts and there was a little boy, probably two and a half, three years old, who was running around the restaurant and his parents called him over to the, to the table. So he starts to, to run back over to the table and he, he falls, he, he slips and um, he didn't hurt himself, but you could certainly tell he was shocked. That was not something in his life experience, right? Yeah. Uh, as a parent, I'm sure you've seen, you know, that happen. So, the first thing he did, the little boy was, was what? He looked at his parents yeah. to find out, okay, uh, what's the interpretation of this? You know, uh, this was not supposed to happen. I don't recognize this is happening. Is this a good thing? Is it a bet? Well, you know, I really believe that had the parents gotten upset, uh -huh. panicky, you know, oh no, my baby, right? He, he, he would have started to cry, yeah. right? what they did is they handled it so beautifully. They walked over hurriedly, of course, but very calmly. They had smiles on their faces. They had this wonderful energy about them. They began to, you know, applaud and laugh and, oh, what a good trick. That looks like so much fun. Well, what did the little boy do? He began to laugh. It was fun, right? That was the frame he was given. Now, it was great leadership by the parents, right? And I think that when it comes to something like this, that's also something a parent has the power to do. They set the frame for this experience. Is this the worst thing that's ever happened? Or is this something that as a family, we're gonna get by, we're gonna take the positive from it, we're gonna look at how we can, and, and so forth. And I think that's really uh, you know, a, a way to approach it that's a, a lot more positive. Yeah, I love that. And it just, it resonates with us when, uh, when the little guys fall down, we literally just say touchdown and we cheer and everything else. Absolutely right, right. And, right. You, know, if you have that fear face, they're, they're in panic attack, right? But for that point, you know, they can fall and tumble and, you know, be elastic as they are for kids and get right back up and just say, oh, it must be fun. Okay, great. Yeah. On to the next and it's <laughs> seconds. And you, you put that, that mental frame in place. That's such a good way to just think about that. So what, what are some objection or objectives that, that people can use to, to change their mindset when currently maybe they're, they're just having a rough day and they're, they're listening to us now. Is there any wording or any posturing they can, they can implement into their days to, to help curb when they are maybe feeling this tinge of negativity? Well, I think the first thing is to be aware of it because it can be very easy to go into a downward spiral. 
right? I mean, we've all done this before. I, I, I know I have when you, you just, you, you feel badly and then you start, you know, kind of feeling badly about feeling badly. That's called a meta state. It's the state above the state, you know, more than the state. And right. And all of a sudden, all these things are happening subconsciously and, and you're going into this. And so I, I think it's important to, um, to, to stay aware, to stay conscious. And when we feel ourselves starting to, you know, get a little depressed, you know, I saw a wonderful statement the other day on, on Twitter. Uh, it, it said, uh, oh gosh, what was it? Something like 70 or 80 years ago or whatever it was, our parents, uh, our parents were asked to go to war. We're asked to stay at home, you know, and, and I thought, what a great reframe that is. And so sometimes it's, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're depressed about being at home. Okay, think about that. Be conscious of it. And again, we acknowledge the, the situation, but then say, but at least I have a home. Yes. Yeah, sure. I have a roof over my head. We're going to eat tonight. You know, the store is going to be stocked with toilet paper eventually. You know, there is going to be, you're right. And so, so all these things that people are kind of, you know, making a, a big deal and doing this, well, it is a big deal, but, but, you know, the, but, but we don't have to go into depression about it. And I think it's when we're aware of it first that we're in that position to then be able to reframe, because let's face it, if you don't even understand you're operating from a, a negative frame, you're not going to change that frame. Yeah. I love that. And my son's going to the question phase now. And one of his recent questions is, why do people have homes? And just to talk track about the home and the, the security and the comfort and the availability to have the warmth and the guidance and the family together. And, but it just, it, it starts getting you back to those points of just thinking on, it, sometimes the, the best part about hearing the questions from your kids is just seeing them grow, but just really allows you to, to put it back to basic terms and, and take out the complexity that we find that we, we do with life, right? We make everything so complex now that we need all these variables for everything to happen. But when you're there just talking back to your kids, you just get back to the point on point. We, we have this home so we can have security, can have comfort, can have an environment that we can grow together you know, as a unit. And for that, him to take it in and then have his follow-up questions, that's what allows you to, to grow with them, right? To see that evolution with your family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anything that can happen right now is that you'll have so much time to involve and, and you really have the choice, right? Do you, do you want to spend this time productively or really just wait and, and kind of let it go? And hopefully people are making that choice to choose with their time, especially when you do have to keep to some routine. You do have to keep to some focus where if your movement is literally you commuting to work and now you're just going to get up and roll out of bed and go to your, you know, go into another room and start working, your body's going to change. Your body's going to focus. Your mentality's going to change. You have to, you have to keep that energy flowing in that right direction. And, and it's going to be really trying when, when we start getting some clarity on how long this could last, right? Just how people can figure out their routine, their new routine. And I know people will make it through. And for one, they should read your book because it's a tremendous read. It's a, it's a quick, it's an easy read. You and uh, John David Mann put together. It's just, it's really helpful. And it just really creates clarity. And what, what is a, a great place or a recommended place? They can go to your site for the book or, or some other? Yeah, well, they could go to Berg, B-U-R-G.com and they can, they can go to where it says books and, and, uh, and uh, get a, a free chapter of any of my books to see if they like them first. One thing they may want to do also is to um, scroll down to the blog 
because I've put together the, uh, a video series there called Influence and Success Insights. Hmm. And so, you know, they can take a lot of time. It's all free and they can just, they can just uh, watch whichever ones they want and, uh, you know, ut utilize some of the downtime, downtime for some, you know, education time and so forth. Yeah. And with all you've seen through so many people you've met, what is the one common parallel when, when people understand the points about the go-giver that, that relates? What's a common question you get the most about the book? Uh, common question the most about the book. That's an, that's an interesting one. I think there's, there's two of them. One is after people have read the book. Two, it's before people have read the book because okay. when you hear the term go-giver and they haven't read the book yet, they think, oh, is it just giving yourself away? Or, and of course it's not. <laughs> so, you know, I just typically explain that the premise of behind the go-giver is that shifting your focus, and this is the key, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a, a pleasant way of conducting business, it's actually the most financially profitable way as well. Uh, why? Because when you can focus on bringing value to another human being, they probably are much more interested in doing business with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's so funny because I'll often, when I speak at a, con a sales conference, I'll, one of the first things I'll say is, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. And yeah, we all laugh because we know that's true. They're not going to buy from us because we have a quota to me. They're not going to buy from us because we need the money. They're not even going to buy from us because we're nice people. They're going to buy from us. They're going to buy from you, from me, from anyone who's what. They're going to buy because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And that's the only reason anyone should buy from any of us. The good news with that is that that entrepreneur or salespeople who can move from having a focus on themselves to a focus on the other person. That's the person who creates that environment for the know, like, and trust to happen. And that's why we say that money is simply an echo of value. Uh, it's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means nothing more than that the value that you're providing another human being must be the focus. The value comes first. The money you, you receive is simply a very natural and direct result of the value you've provided. I love that. And I mean, you look, you, you look at what, what you and Peely have done with your business and how much immense, immense value you've provided to so many people, both directly and indirectly. Wow. Right. And that you've, you've, you've expanded that to help so many people. Well, that's why you have the success you are, but your focus had to be on bringing that value. The result was the, the wonderful success, both financially as well as, you know, mentally and emotionally and spiritually and all the great ways that, you know, that receptivity is, is about. It's like dominoes, right? When you, when it, you just don't realize they're coming and then all of a sudden one leads to the next and the next <laughs> right. and it just allows it really just to keep moving. And it just, it's a true lesson for everyone is that there is always a greater outcome out there. And it's just really keeping good energy, keeping in good motion, keeping around great people and providing and providing value. And really that's where you will see such a great return. But super appreciate your work. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Keep up the great work. We sure will. All right. Bye now.